Yeah, how are you? Yeah. You're almost done, huh? A I few am more weeks. Almost done, yeah. But I also don't. I don't know if it's just me, or I guess I can ask you since uh, you were the first one who already finished and I interviewed at the same time. How, how do I say it? You were the first one who's finished already. You were the first one who I interviewed. My God. <laughs> yeah, that is right. You know what I'm saying. First one who's finished that yeah. you've interviewed. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 Hmm. So how how has it been? Like, what do you feel? It was awful. Well, I I wrote that last exam on December tenth, maybe mm-hmm. with um, some of the cohort. It was business negotiations. Yeah. And and we went straight from the UFC to the bar. Oh yeah, right. Yes. Yeah, that was fun. I remember those and, photos uh, now. And and we went to this place in Kensington, and it, and it was like twenty year olds. I've never been there. I thought, where have I landed? And it was called Scuba Jays, okay. something like that. And then we went from there to the Shisha Bar. Mm-hmm. That was fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was good. So, so, anyways, December. The rest of December was mostly. I I was like a bar star. Just partied and I drank <laughs> and I watched lots of TV. Is that what and, was so uh, awful about it? You said it was awful. Oh, you know what? I was so burnt out. Yeah. And it, it probably took me until maybe a month ago to mm-hmm. to just start coming out of that burnout. And, yeah. it, and it has been a long time. It mm-hmm. has been, I don't know, probably, probably a year and a half to two years where I was just really feeling awful. And uh, it just got worse and worse. And, it, really? it, and it's like I couldn't stop either. Mm-hmm. I just needed to finish this and mm-hmm. move on. So... Um, I just didn't feel very good. I felt um, really drained and like kind of dead inside. Oh my god! And and so then all I could manage was just drinking and partying, <laughs> socializing. <laughs> and uh, so that was December and part of January. And then and then one day I just kind of I felt a little bit better. And and then I I stopped getting wasted. And, um, <laughs> and one day I was like, ooh, I feel like working out. <laughs> I was so happy when that day arrived because I really wanted to, but, but I didn't want to push myself into it. Yeah. And, and I hadn't worked out in three years, you know, like since COVID started or just before that. And um, that was hard. That was scary, you know, lifting weights. And it's like, how am I going to feel tomorrow? <laughs> am I going to be able to function? <laughs> Well, but it was managed to uh, keep in a very good shape without oh. <laughs> exercising for three years. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I think I also wore kind of baggy clothes, so you couldn't tell. <laughs> uh, no, I did. I gained weight during COVID, like even before school. Mm-hmm. I put on probably 20 pounds or a little bit more than that. What? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And then I just could not work out. There was just... There was no time. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Everybody kept telling me, not everybody, but some people in my life, yeah. the ones who didn't know what I was going through, <laughs> kept telling me to find a half hour. And, and I thought, yeah. when that half hour arrives, mm-hmm. I am so dead inside and I just want to sit here on the couch and yeah. do nothing. Exactly. It's do nothing. Just maybe scroll through social media, do all the things I shouldn't do. And a workout probably would have helped. Mm-hmm. It's just... Uh, I think it requires some some mental strength too. Yeah. To 
to get going and to keep at that. Yeah. And I just didn't have it. I was so depleted. Yeah. It's funny how, like, we all know that. We, we know, you know, physical exercise would, would help too. But, yeah. you know, at the, end of, at the end of the day, I've worked all day when I'm so stressed and I, I'm so drained. And that really the last thing I want to do is to pick up a dumbbell or, like, you know, go for a yeah. run or something. Yeah. Yeah, I, I completely understand how you felt. Yeah. And I'm one of those all or nothing people. So, you know, if I pick up that dumbbell, then I get stressed out. It's like, oh no, now I can't go eat that cupcake because then it's going to totally reverse what I've just done. So I better just do nothing. <laughs> Safest bed. Yes. Yeah. I better sit here, scroll through social media and go to bed feeling yucky because I just did nothing. For sure. Well, I'm yeah. glad you uh, have uh, walked out the, the burnout phase already. Yeah, I'm I'm coming out of it. I wouldn't say I'm totally out, mm -hmm. but I definitely feel better. And it took months to to start feeling better. Yeah. So I'm just thinking about what others are about to go through. You know, it's yeah, kind of just kind of like that crash at the end of all this intensity. Yeah, something to watch for. I uh -huh. feel I kind of already feel that, but I also can't say for sure. It's it's only because of you know the MBA is coming to an end too. Like, and I, to some extent, I've been thinking for the last couple of days. I have an anxiety of feeling I'm gonna lose an excuse soon too. Like, what am I gonna do with my time? Or I'm feeling an anxiety of what if this degree doesn't really bring me much value in the future in my career pivot? Like, I have that fear. Um, when it's almost coming to an end. Not that when I'm doing it, I still, you know, have time. Well, I'm still doing it. Like, let's just see what happens afterwards, right? And now it's almost at the afterwards phase. What now? What's going to happen? Yeah. Um, yeah. I went through that. You for, did too? For a little while there where, where I was done school and I thought, what did I do before this? What, how did I occupy my time? Mm -hmm. And I feel like I've, lost my identity now <laughs> so uh that that lasted just a little bit because then january hit and suddenly i've you know kind of dived into other things and then my kids have all sorts of activities mm -hmm. and i'm running around all week you know how it is mm -hmm. just load up the schedule every single day and um and then i started working out so i'm like well you know if I, if I want to go do something else, I'm going to have to put something else away, which yeah. ends up being the workout. And I'm trying not to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I think that whole identity crisis has left me now. Now it's more, I'm just baffled at how busy I am. And I had a friend who had done the MBA and finished, I think the year before I did. Mm -hmm. And she said, oh, you're not going to know what to do with your time. Yeah. And, and I'm waiting for that moment where I don't know what to do with my time. But you're still so because busy. Because I'm so busy. Yeah. But the thing that has, has kind of left is that feeling, you know, for me it was uh, around 9 p.m. That feeling rolls around mm -hmm. where there's this thing in the back of my mind, like, okay, you've got all this studying to do. You've got these assignments, these presentations practice for, and, and 9 p.m. was pr 
pretty much when I started my homework because mm-hmm. then the kids, I did everything I needed to for the kids or any other obligations. And then I finally would sit down at my desk for the next four hours. And uh, I hated that feeling kind of, you know, like in the pit of your stomach. It's like, oh, all this anxiety of what's due this week. And I have these limited hours. Yeah. So that level of stress has mm-hmm. left, but I still have a lot to do. And uh, work is busy. Mm-hmm. And all, the, all the, the kids stuff, all the family stuff, all the trying to take care of my health now, mm-hmm. which I neglected for a while. Yeah. So it all takes time. It will. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, I guess you're you're busy in the, from what I can tell, in a in a good way right now. You know, besides work, mm-hmm. spend time with kids. Yeah, and it's optional. Yeah. It's optional stuff now, right? Yeah. yeah. Because I figure I can cancel all the kids' activities. And I can <laughs> cancel my own activities, and I don't need to date anybody, and I can just be here in my home. <laughs> That's right. Um, having nothing to do if I really wanted to, to do that. Having that, even though you're still busy, but you have more autonomy than, than before. Before, some of it is obligations that you just yeah. have to do. Yeah. No other way. But now... And yeah. I wanted to do Thanks. well. And mm-hmm. so I put a lot of effort into it. And mm-hmm. it was hard to just say any given day, I'm okay with mediocre because I never was. And I just tried and tried and... And some days it just brought me to tears because it's like there's so much work and yeah. I'm not okay with just half-assing it. Yeah. Yeah. But that's what drives you a lot of times too. Not just for study, probably for every other thing you do too, right? Yeah, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Put full ass into it. It's never half. <laughs> <laughs> I think I understand that mentality in a sense. So I, I feel I kind of uh, operate the same way. Even though if I think of a lot of things I do is like it may not be top quality or, or f- like floppy work, but I when I did it, at least I, I think I always try my full ass in it. It's, <laughs> It's because I have a fear of uh, failure. Like it, it, it can be floppy already, even if I try my hundred percent. And if I don't, it's gonna be like, who knows what it, what it's gonna be like. I think mm-hmm. I'm driven by that fear of failure. And as you, uh, you may or may not know, um, as a courtesy to the guest for the podcast, I. Have an allowance for asking a question, <laughs> so you can ask me a question if you want. Oh sure. Mm-hmm. I I was just kind of thinking about your personal journey through your life over time. And, uh, like last summer, I traveled for my exchange program, mm-hmm. and you know even that's tough. And I was only gone for two weeks or so. And uh, there's certain tough things about traveling to a different place and then having to live there just for a little period of time and have have different food and just feel so disoriented mm-hmm. not really know what's going on and that that was it was only Scotland right it's yeah not that different <laughs> so um, so I was thinking you move across the world permanently mm-hmm. and uh, I just wondered for you 
what was the most challenging part of moving to a different country? What was the toughest thing for you? Oh, that's a that's a loaded question. You know, this year at the end of August, it will be my ten year anniversary in Canada. Wow, time really just flies by.、Um, the biggest challenge I I feel in my case it wasn't the language,、um, to be honest, because my English was like mediocre before I came here, and it wasn't. Too hard for me to pick up.、Um, I feel the biggest challenge was finding myself, figuring out who I am. Actually, I think there was a period of、um, you know leaving everything behind at it at the beginning with two suitcases was pretty exciting for me.、Um, it's an adventure. I'm just in a different world, exploring. But soon enough, the all the friendship I have left behind, with time difference and distance, it's kind of just I felt lonely for a long time when I was at school, and there was a period of time where I would spend time with people who I did not really like, but only because I was speaking the same language, like just a small circle of Chinese people, Chinese students. And then I cut that out of my life, as well. Also went through a period of depression. It wasn't too bad. I was able to get through it. But feeling lonely at the time, and then I I felt I probably wanted to you know find some belonging. And when I started working, just almost never really felt I fit in. It was hard for me to fit in, so I tried really hard to fit in, and it was exhausting because a lot of times I was probably not really being myself and just pre- pretending to be someone else and trying to do the things that my other coworkers were doing, or trying to you know say the things that other people would would say, and then. Coming out of that phase, going back to trying to understand who I really am and find my my own identity was probably is going to be a lifelong journey. But I feel that was the biggest challenge, and that stayed with me for many years since I arrived. And getting better at it, I think. Why did you cut out the group of students that you had connected with? Because I really figured I I was lonely. It wasn't because I wasn't surrounded by people. What I need is the true connection that I valued, like my friendship in China, my lifelong friends. We weren't friends only because we spent certain amount of time together. Like it is not how it works, right? So th- those weren't the real connections that I valued. We had almost nothing in common, and I didn't. I had things to do. I had research to do. I have a thesis to write. I didn't have to like drink to two a.m. every night because I'm bored. I feel a lot of that was the value disalignment. I didn't feel 
we just weren't the same people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. Mm -hmm. I've cut people out over time. Yeah. It's like, what? What is this? This isn't a two-way thing. This is. Yeah. It's like a one-way sucking out my energy kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I just, you know, it was a essentially a waste of my time. That's how I felt. Is why? Why was I doing that? Why? Why did I need to spend time? Waste time with those people, right? Mm -hmm. I get it. Wow. Yeah. It's <laughs> nice. That was a very uh, good question. Yeah, I just, I, I think I would feel so disoriented and a little bit lost. And uh, I just wondered if you went through the same thing. I feel I, uh, I certainly did. But it wasn't part, partially because of the cultural difference, but partially not, I feel. Yeah. I actually like um, Canadian, North American culture in all the ways compared to the culture where I'm from or where I'm raised, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. My challenge growing up was more my parents were not from here, they're yeah. from India. And they, mm -hmm. they came here and had us kids here. Yeah. And then we're, we're just kind of being pulled in two different directions. Yeah. And that was really hard and I was the oldest. Mm -hmm. I was a female in an Indian family, they were strict and yeah. it was, I would say they didn't quite understand or agree with some of the things here or maybe yeah. there was a fear mm -hmm. of what's going to happen to our kids or you know, what's going to happen to my daughter and she's going to go and, you know, Get pregnant. be some floozy, <laughs> yeah, be pregnant at 12 years old, you know, <laughs> who knows. Um, so, so the locks were put on extra tight, yeah. you know, sure. and... Um, that was me, and then I had a, I have a younger sister, who's mm -hmm. a few years younger, and then I have brothers who are, you know, nine years younger than I am. Yeah. And it was very different by the time it got to them, and, mm -hmm. and they're males, so. Yeah. So they've loosened just... up by, by then. I, I can't imagine, because just, I can totally understand, I don't know if, uh, like, other people who are listening would understand, being born in an Indian family, being the oldest, and the daughter, that's heavy. Yeah. Yeah. And it was also a home where there was no open communication about anything. Mm -hmm. Like I figured things out so late in life mm -hmm. and it's because I just didn't get that at home. Nobody talked about anything. I think it was kind of a, probably kind of a vibe of we can't talk about these things or they're going to get ideas and, you know, you know, turn out to be that pregnant 12 year old floozy or whatever yeah. you know I don't know uh that's my that's my guess based yeah. on some of what I see out there uh, so that was hard mm -hmm. and then it it led me like you know when there's no there and, and it was a rough childhood it was a very rough childhood and yeah. there was no love in the home and then what happens you you go out looking for it what mm -hmm. you don't have at home yeah and and then I got into this relationship and it was um, it was like 20 years of hell and then I finally finally managed to get out of that and even then there was you know there was stigma there was opinions mm -hmm. and it from was, your family or from yeah family mm -hmm. and then just the way I felt that I'm going to be viewed you know like okay here's this 37 year old single 
Indian female with two kids. Who's so hot and so, so competent. And oh, man. She my... rocks at everything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cool. When I left that, I was like, I am the most undesirable person out there. And that's how I was made to feel. And just based on the society I've grown up in, yeah. it's like you're, you're undesirable when you're that. And uh, that was, it was really hard. I did many years of counseling and I still do and I strongly believe in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but we did a lot of work, you know, looking at childhood and kind of where these issues are stemming from. And of course it stemmed from my childhood. Yeah. And then as I grew up, of course, I brought people into my life who kind of reflected that. And ultimately it was bad decisions because I didn't know how to make good decisions, even though I tried. Mm-hmm. And I was always good academically. Mm-hmm. I was just such a superstar academically all throughout, but um, personal life was hard. I feel like I wasn't given the tools I needed to have a have a better life, make better decisions, or have um, good you know, kind of analytical skills, yeah. or to question. I was never taught to question anything because because if if my parents said something and if I questioned it. Mm-hmm. It was, uh, the message to me was, you're talking back to me. You yeah. can't do that. Yeah. Um, that, that was my mom. My dad was worse. You know, it was, mm-hmm. it was uh, physically and verbally abusive home. It was a really violent home. Yeah. So then you just learn to stay under the radar. Mm-hmm. You learn to not say anything and not get in trouble. Mm-hmm. And, of course, I, I went through my life like that. So, mm-hmm. so it was... It was age 37 when I lived on my own for the first time ever. That was really awesome. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> but I was lost for a while. I didn't know what to do. Yeah. I just was kind of floating through, trying to figure things out. And, and it was really painful. And I was, was questioning everything. And, you know, to have to kind of break down the constructs that you've grown up with, or that, you know, these things that have been built around you. It was so hard. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, a lot of it, it may not be necessarily, believe me, may not be the, the right word. Um, it's ingrained, ingrained in us, right? How we yeah. grew up, how we were taught, and how we were, we were trained. Mm-hmm. I feel a lot of the Asian kids or, you know, kids from a traditional Asian family would connect on that is because we weren't allowed to speak up, we weren't allowed to talk back, we were just not giving the authority and, you know, listen, do exactly what I say I tell you to do. Um, to some extent, I, I think, I don't know who I am or I, I still struggle with figuring out my, my own strength sometimes, is, is coming from that too. Mm-hmm. Um, I think those uh, patriarchal societies, like the one I've come from, mm-hmm. and I am, I'm generalizing here. Not every person is like this, and I know that because mm-hmm. there are people in my family who are good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in generally, I would say I've seen a lot of this, where the message was pretty much like it's a man's society, mm-hmm. and you need to have a man in your life. And if you don't, you're you're just not worth as much. Yeah. And um, so when I left 
that marriage, I felt, you know, like I was liberated. Like the, the dirt on the ground. That's how oh, I felt. No. <laughs> no, it took a while yeah. to feel liberated. To that took a few years. That, you know yeah. what, the, I'm going to say the best, best times of my life have been in the MBA, which sounds really odd because it was the most <laughs> amount of work, but, but it was where I had the most growth and I just saw different things. I saw different people. I saw the way people thought and um, the questions they asked. And I, I was like, wow, there's so many really excellent, intelligent people who know so much about the world. And I was, you know, it felt like I was locked in a bedroom for the first 37 years. Phew, that's, no, that's when did I enter the MBA? What, 2020? 2020, September. Yeah, I think I was 38. <laughs> that's when the real learning started. <laughs> that's how uh, a lot uh, how a lot of us felt. You were, you were certainly not the only one. I'm really glad for, for you to walk out of that toxic relationship and being where you are right now being a great role model for your for your kids too yeah you're you're awesome i can't wait for them to see me walking the stage mm -hmm. like i'm just so excited and i want them to see that it's doable even when you you have all this adversity yeah and and there's there's i recognize there's so many people with much bigger challenges than mine but I've definitely gone through all sorts of things that could have broke somebody. Mm -hmm. So I feel pretty good about that. And I think it took a long time to realize that too. Because I always thought, oh, this isn't a big deal. You know, anybody can do this or lots of people go through this. And then I just keep hearing it more and more around me that actually it takes, but, but takes no. quite a bit to, yeah. to deal with this. Of course. Um just learned this little trick from Tracy actually like the same thing you told yourself if you change it to a third person thinking of a, like a friend going through your situation you wouldn't tell your friend it's fine you're gonna be fine like this is much to do with it like you, yeah yeah, it yeah definitely that's true it's commendable for sure thank you so uh, I see you have your notes ready Tell us, who are you? I wrote some stuff, just in case. I wasn't sure what you're going to come at me with entirely. Um, who am I? Who am I? I'm Prab Graywell, and um, I'm a woman with grit, with spades. I think that sums up every part of my life. That was a short and powerful answer. Yeah, it's like no further explanation needed. <laughs> No, not, not going to ask for further explanation. Can you tell us one thing that most people in the cohort don't know about you? Back in the day, I used to cross-stitch and I loved it. <laughs> cross-stitch? Yeah, it's What's this... Uh, so it's kind of like you have this a cloth, like a canvas, and it has... It's like oh, okay. like <laughs> oh yeah, I yeah. see. Yeah, yeah and, you, and okay. you are kind of stitching it, and you stitch yeah. this picture. I used to do a lot of that, and I would sit there for eight hours at a time oh doing my these God. things, and I loved it. And I don't have time for that anymore. Mm -hmm. There's no chance I have that kind of time. Um, but, but I really enjoyed that. Um, other than that, I started taking improv comedy classes. 
<laughs> All right. I, I think that's probably something most people don't know about me. Okay. And I, I really like it. <laughs> that's great. It's kind of, it's, it's tough for me because I've never been that kind of playful, mm-hmm. imaginative sort of person. Yeah. And I'm having to do these wild things on a stage. <laughs> yeah. So you I say really your like kids it. are going to see that. Like, when is that? Can we go oh, see it too? I don't have a show yet. Okay. But I'm in level two now. Oh, level two. Wow. <laughs> I know. I've graduated yeah. to level two. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm just learning and getting comfortable with it. And mm-hmm. I don't know where it'll go or, you know, how long I'll do this. I see. Uh, so far, I'm enjoying it, and it's a nice outlet. Nice. And, and you can be intellectual and silly yeah. all at the same time. It's yeah. quite fun. And the group of people there, they're, they're so into it. They want to be there. They participate. Yeah. They you know get, they do their part and give you something to work with yeah so i really appreciate that that's awesome yeah. i thought there would be you know like at the end of the semester I, a term like you you'd have a show as a class i hope that's <laughs> suggest that to the not the professor yeah. to the teacher please there, there might be yeah there, there might be yeah and keep us posted yeah that's i'm not exciting. quite that good yet that i'm going to invite the class <laughs> out <laughs> Just let us know, okay? <laughs> okay, I'll let you know. Um, what are uh, some of your top core values? So, this, I, I've kind of thought about these things for years now because as I was going through all my my personal life stuff and dealing with that, I, I actually sat down and I really thought about what are my values. Uh, so, this I know that the absolute top is integrity and mm-hmm. without it nothing else really matters it's it's kind of like my other answer like no other explanation needed yeah it's integrity mm-hmm. and I do what I say I'm gonna do mm-hmm. and um, people can count on me every single time mm-hmm. and within integrity you have so much else too right like, yeah. like the honesty and all of that mm-hmm. um, beyond that over time I think I've I've, uh, I've gotten a little tougher, but in some areas I've gotten a little softer as well. So I would say compassion, you know, I'm, I don't, I'm not going to say I'm necessarily like, you know, nice to everybody and kind and friendly. It's, it's not like that, but I think I can understand and try and put myself there and think about what someone else is going through and have yeah. empathy for them. And, um, that actually just, just reminded me just, of, uh, <clears throat> sorry no to interrupt. I was scared of you for uh, a long time. <laughs> scared? <laughs> scared maybe the like a harsh word, but I was... Yeah, but I can't fight <laughs> for the lack of a better choice. I need an example. <laughs> I don't know why. Maybe it's because you're like, I know you're the HR manager. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> but I also didn't really know like what HR manager did at the time too yeah. like i was like, never really in a bigger organization that has a real hr department before yeah. Yeah. but i was scared of you for uh, oh that's so for a long funny. time yeah uh, yeah other others have said i'm intimidating oh yeah but i think once <laughs> yes. they know me i'm probably not mm-hmm. yeah. but, but you know even in my job in hr mm-hmm. And with the company that I'm with, mm-hmm. there's a lot of compassion that goes into that. Yeah, and just yeah, understanding yeah. why people are behaving a certain way. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of gray area. And I think a lot about 
how do we want to treat this employee? What can we give them? How can we help uh, help them with whatever situation they're in? And people go through things all the time. Mm-hmm. We're not robots. Mm-hmm. And can we give a little room here for them to deal with whatever it is in their personal life and help them get better and bring them back? Yeah. So there, there's a lot of that that I think about. For yeah. sure. My current workplace is also quite collaborative. And, and I think I've recognized that about myself over time where the competitiveness has kind of left me. I think I was more competitive years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now I appreciate that collaborative environment and bringing people together, putting together a team where there's different skills. And I think about my own team and there's there's different strengths in every person. Yeah. And, and then we can come together and everybody has a chance to contribute. Mm-hmm. And it's not me who's, you know, kind of the boss. And, and I, I just don't need to have that sort of power over somebody. I think things... Uh, I think we produce way better. That's great. When everybody gets to put something into yeah. it. Uh, was was any of that thought or any of that, you know, transition coming from the MBA? Or you kind of just figured it through the years of work? Did it happen through the MBA? Probably some of it. I mm-hmm. think I learned a lot through that. But then my workplace has really helped foster that kind of behavior and mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, and, and I think also just learning more about myself and really stepping into it mm-hmm. because of course until my late 30s I didn't know anything about who I was <laughs> I didn't know anything about the world <laughs> makes me feel better thank you <laughs> um, I'm sorry I was cutting you off with it too was there anything else after confession uh, for your body well that was- no, I think I think like I said it's Integrity is number one for me, and there yeah. have been 10 million examples of mm-hmm. lack of integrity in people in my life. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was it was challenging. It was frustrating. It, it really it made me feel like I can't depend on anybody, and there's only me I can count on. Yeah. And, is that uh, why you're so accountable? <laughs> <laughs> kind of have to know. be. I, I hope I've not let anybody down through this program, and I, I sure tried not to. But yeah, that was my that was my marriage. There mm-hmm. was that I could trust no words. Mm-hmm. So I'm hypersensitive to it now. Yeah. Where if I see that things don't line up, you know, mm-hmm. words and actions, then I would say I give people chances, and when it when it falls through over and over, then. I know that those aren't my people. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, the trust part is huge. Yeah, and uh, that integrity, honesty, trust, they all go mm-hmm. hands in hands. Right. Yeah. yeah. What um, we've mentioned, you actually felt, you know, the MBA years were your best years. You, you had a lot of growth. Was that the biggest harvest for you or um, do you have something else to elaborate yeah it was the personal growth for sure you know I'm not going to remember anything about calls and puts but it's, <laughs> <laughs> oh oh that was the hardest part <laughs> it was really hard uh, yeah there were a few hard courses it's incredible personal growth mm-hmm. 
you know, I cried all throughout the MBA. There's some, some really tough things I went through and it was, there was a lot on me. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, when you start breaking down parts of yourself, like it hurts. Mm-hmm. And, and then you have to kind of build yourself back up. Yeah. And you're feeling lost for a little while. And when I went into the MBA, I was like, I hadn't really, you know, built myself up before that. And a lot of that happened while I was in the MBA and learning from people or continuing doing my personal work on top of all, all of my other stuff I needed to get done. So uh, I would say it's that this, where I'm at now, is probably the first time in my life that I've felt really confident and uh, like almost unbreakable <laughs> and I thought and I, I regularly think about this where, where where I'm thinking about what could happen in life that's going to break me you know a death and I think about all the people in my life who could possibly die and I'm like am I going to break if you die or you or you mm-hmm. and I know it sounds really sick or funny or whatever <laughs> but uh but I'm like I this is my business continuity plan you know yeah. for personal life yeah. and, I, and I need to know how to keep going if any one area of my life faces some, some traumatic event mm-hmm. right or if I lose my job then what how am I going to deal or if something happens to my kids or you know if my health gets worse or whatever it is so I've really thought about this, and so far I can't think of something that will really destroy me. But I think I've, I've sort of built that resilience, resilience over time. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, also through the MBA, I, I really saw how far I could push myself, mm-hmm. and I saw how little sleep I could get and still function the next day. And you know, OBHR in that mm-hmm. very first semester was the worst. Yeah. Because I found myself staying up until two or three in the morning oh, wow. writing those ridiculous papers <laughs> <laughs> and, and then getting out for work at 6 a.m. and yeah. going until, you know, midnight, 1 a.m. the next day. It was awful. It was really awful, but it showed me how much I can handle. Mm-hmm. Um, I also learned what my boundaries are and how far I'll let people push me and mm-hmm. and then where where I won't go any further, where I won't compromise. And I guess that goes back to values. Yeah. Right? I know what I stand for now and I know when I'll say something to someone. Mm-hmm. You've done I know it. when to walk away or mm-hmm. when to just say, okay, in one ear, out the other. This yeah. is not my... It's not my people, not my thing. Yeah. I think my personal opinion also, I think a lot of people think of you the same way. You, you've done an amazing job on keeping your integrity, doing exactly what you say you would do, keeping your promise, do a great work on the group project. And you've always come across as, after the intimidating phase, you know, powerful. <laughs> confident <laughs> and just really cool, oh, cool. And you should you. be proud of yourself thank you very much so my next next question is what was the most memorable um thing or moment or project course for you oh most memorable wow there were so many you know 
uh, I think overall, just along with the personal growth, it was meeting all these really incredible people. And I haven't been in in that room in the past. You know, my I like I've done school before, obviously, but mm-hmm. uh, but at this stage in my life, it's how do you get into a room with the kind of people that we were with? Yeah. And there's just such excellence and knowledge and talent. And uh, I, I learned from people for sure. Um, and then course, you know, course-wise, there were some great courses that I took. Mm-hmm. Leading in complexity yeah. was great. And, and there was a lot about leadership, uh, but then it comes back to personal work too. So again, lots of personal growth mm-hmm. in that. I don't know, the technical kind of courses were, it's probably less of what I'll use. Mm -hmm. And my career's in HR and it's more geared to leadership and and some of those sort of concepts. So skills. Yeah, Yeah. so that's where I took more Mm -hmm. uh, from those kind of courses. Yeah, but leading in complexity was fantastic. Mm -hmm. I took it with Julian Norris and Mm -hmm. he just really knows his stuff. Yeah. Uh, So... So that was great. And and in that course, you're, you're really learning how you don't need to have all the answers. Mm-hmm. And, and you can uh, use the people around you to mm-hmm. help with leadership. And you can build leadership skills in them. And you're not in this alone. And, oh, I should have but, taken that. I don't know. There was, a, there was a lot. You know, that's, I'm really very briefly summing it up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there was so much more. But I, I quite enjoyed that course, the the uh, wilderness retreat, mm-hmm. and that was also leadership and sustainability and indigenous relations. I, I yeah. thought that was quite interesting. Yeah. Um, remember the course we took together oh, yes. on procrastination? The, the ridiculous <laughs> case studies that needed, didn't have to be done. Oh, that awful course but yeah. it was so fun with our little group yeah, and fun. and doing that presentation yeah. uh, and I really enjoyed working with all of you and it was it was just so fun I mean it was the dumbest assignments but um, <laughs> yeah I don't know I thought it was I thought it was good and I I got to mentor uh, a, a failing oh, undergrad yes. student yeah, right I almost forgot was, about that yeah, yeah. That, that was very cool yeah and so, you did a fantastic job. I remember oh, being jealous you. when you were telling us all like about all the thank things you. you did. Oh my god, that's a like A plus plus. Well, <laughs> I have a B minus for what I've done. Yeah, yeah, I I liked that, and it and it was very much tied to something that I might do in the workplace, mm-hmm. but, you know, slightly different angle. Yeah. So those were some good things. And yeah. then, sorry, your question again. No, just the most okay. memorable thing. Most that's that's memorable. a lot of <laughs> memorable things already. Yeah, yeah, there were lots mm-hmm. of other things. I mean, it's the people, it's the courses, it's even when you have laughs together or share stories or yeah, uh, I don't know. There's probably just a handful of people who who really know some of the stuff I've gone through mm-hmm. uh, in this cohort. Yeah, and just being able to talk to some of them and. I don't know, get on a Zoom call and cry. Yeah. I, I, I know some of you will remember those days when I <laughs> called you and cried on Zoom. <laughs> uh, but those were memorable too, you know, that you can have somebody there who's just willing to listen and yeah. offer some support. For sure. 
that just reminded me of something. Like not this, the, the whole... You have a computer science background. Yeah. I don't know why, I just <laughs> all in a sudden remembered that and then that was quite a pivot. You know, I, in high school, I did all the sciences mm -hmm. and I'm Indian, come on, you're going to be a doctor, <laughs> lawyer, engineer. Yeah, and right. so I got into university thinking I'll be in the sciences and I did a semester and I, I really, really disliked my life at that point. Mm -hmm. uh, so I switched into an equally awful degree, which was computer science. I just did not know what to do and I'd never felt so lost. Mm -hmm. I really didn't have good guidance at that point. Mm -hmm. uh, so I did computer science. I, I didn't like it. I finished it and then I think I graduated on a Friday and I, you know, signed up for HR on a Monday. <laughs> <laughs> And I took one course and I thought, let me just try it out. Good for you. And, and I was, you know, intro to HR and I thought, oh, I really like this. I like all yeah. the topics. And uh, then I, I signed up and I did HR mm -hmm. and then I've worked in it for something like 16 years now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a great story. I love that. <laughs> Graduated on Friday and signed up for yeah, HR. I did. I did. And I used to be in that computer science lab at the university where no one showered for weeks on end because we just <laughs> sat there programming in C++ and Java and Python. Yeah. <laughs> it was awful. Was it was so awful. I was like, no, I need to shower regularly. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Yeah. And then the MBA rolled around. Oh, yes. This is different. Oh, Starting yeah. in January, I shower regularly. Because <laughs> so I have time now. Right, I remember. <laughs> I've built it into my schedule. Yeah, you show up to one thing. I forgot if it's a class or like a get-together. You, you were telling me, I showered today. That's how important like, you, you people are to me. <laughs> I was like, wow. <laughs> the was bar awful. was really low at that moment. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it was. Mm -hmm. I was like, thank goodness I have online classes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. My last question to you is, uh, when was the last time you made Sunday wa waffles? <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> what day is it today? <laughs> Sunday. It was it was Sunday. Yeah. Actually Last, Sunday. You actually made I made waffles nice. on Sunday. Okay. A whole okay. bunch of them. Yeah. I will not ask further <laughs> questions upon that. Oh yeah. cool. It's <laughs> good. Great to know. Yeah. Extra whipped cream and all. Mmm. Delicious. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> they were. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, oh my god, that's funny. With that, um, we're gonna finish today's podcast. I'm your host, Cohen. Today's guest is Prab. I'm not going to bomb your last name. Can you say that one more time? Graywall. Graywall. Yeah. Prab Graywall. <laughs> thank you very much for the tea and for having me, Prab. Oh, thank you, Cohen. I appreciate it.